Welcome to the Dr. Dapp Show. Today I have a beautiful and special guest with me, Jessica Lewis, also known as Mahogany Curls and Curly Girl Jess. Today we're going to talk about natural hair, Jess's life, family, marriage, and all things mahogany. Welcome, Jessica. Hi, thank you for having me. You're so welcome. It's so great to see your face. We have really missed you on YouTube. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's, it's been a while. So. It's been a while, but I really love the new direction you're taking things. So Jessica has been a natural hair vlogger for, mm-hmm. what, like 11, 12 years now? Um, I think it's really 14 years. Wow. 14 um, I started, years. Yeah, I started in 2009, so been a while I think it's about 14 years now that's such a long time hearing it back but it doesn't feel like it's been that long no 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 it hasn't it doesn't feel that way to me either and you know what's interesting about your page as someone who has a different hair texture than you your channel was so beautiful to watch because you're beautiful you have a very sweet personality but your hair is so gorgeous. And it was one of the textures that I think a lot of people, I would even say envied because your (laughs) curls were just like always very juicy and like seemed just very easy to style. And the look that a lot of us tried to achieve or we expected our hair to look like was what your hair looked like just naturally. Did you notice that a lot of people looked to you in a way that they were sort of like hoping that their hair would be able to achieve the results you would get? When I started, I wasn't thinking like on those terms, you know, as time progressed, I remember people would start leaving messages, you know, saying, oh my gosh, don't worry about, you know, doing that because our hair isn't like that. I'll get things like that. So I started realizing like, oh, wow, you know, I was coming from a place where I just wanted to help people and, you know, just allow people to have an understanding of their hair and how to do it and how to manage natural hair, because this was so new to everybody, you know, like a few years back. So I was just coming from like a teaching perspective and necessarily not the texture perspective, but I totally understand and I get it. So when I started getting those comments and things, I was like, oh, wow, (laughs) you know, because I was in my own little world about, okay, let me help you with your hair and teach you how to do this. And, you know. Mm -hmm. So you weren't expecting all of that? No, no, not at all. Did someone teach you how to do your hair or how did you learn how to take care of your hair? So I've always had a love for hair care. I grew up in hair salons. My dad's mother is a retired cosmetologist. I have two aunts that are beauticians as well, actually three. So I grew up in hair salons like all my life. And I was there. I was the shampoo girl. I used to shampoo people's hair. I used to base women's scalp before they get the relaxers in their hair as well. So I was taught a lot of things and I just fell in love with that process. And then like when the natural hair movement started, it was just something else I can get into because I just cared about hair so much. Like to me, it was a beautiful thing. I just think that taking care of your hair is just so nice and it's something that you're doing, you know, for yourself. And I feel like it's a way of treating yourself too, because everyone feels good when their hair looks good, you know? That's so true. Wow, that's really nice that you had such a solid background. Yeah, I like it. I'm grateful. Very grateful for that. When you're out like on the streets, did you also Mm -hmm. try to help people? Like, did people ask you about your hair 
you know, YouTube is its own world, but then there's like yeah, real yeah. life, right? Where people may stop you and say, wow, your hair is so beautiful. How did you get it like that? Oh yeah. I get that a lot. Even when my hair was short, a few years ago, I cut my hair because I just wanted to wear it short. I remember I was in the airport because I had an event and someone just stopped me and asked me like, what are you putting in your hair? And I'm like, oh my goodness, my hair is so short. I didn't think, <laughs> you know, it would still make an impact. But yes, I do get people all the time, especially curly girls. It doesn't even matter, you know, the race or anything. People will stop me and ask. I thought your hair looked really beautiful short. Thank I mean, you. Your hair always it. looks gorgeous, but that style really suits you. Thank you so much. It was one of my favorite styles. I may go back to it eventually. Right now, I'm trying to wait for the grays to come in because I want to transition and grow it out. I don't have any yet, but I'm waiting for them to sprout up. So yeah, That's I want to start a new journey just with like the gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Now, I know for a while you did the curly girl method where you were mm -hmm. using conditioner only on your hair. Yeah. And then yeah. you talked about now you no longer do that. You shampoo your hair. Yep. Did you feel like you were doing that because that was just a trend or did you feel like that really actually worked for your hair at a certain time and now things have just changed? I really do feel that it worked for my hair during that time because we didn't have a lot of products then. I think Miss Jessie's and maybe Curls, it was just a few mixed chick, you know, a few brands and they weren't easily accessible either. So mm -hmm. You know, I was looking into other things and I ran across the Curly Girl Method on naturallycurly.com, one of the forums back in the day. And I just read into everything. I'm like, okay, let me try this. And that's when I started reading ingredients and let's do this. Let's not shampoo because back then we didn't have a lot of products. So I started following that method. I got the book from Lorraine Massey. I still have the book right now. And I learned so much about curly hair because... At that time, you know, I was still in relaxer mode, you know, do the same things you did before. And it just wasn't working in the beginning. And I kind of just outgrew it. I went to cosmetology school and then I started learning really about how hair works and things like that. So I decided to try it again using shampoos. And to be honest, I love it so much more <laughs> using shampoo. I feel that products work better as well because... Now I'm not sitting here trying to figure out like, oh, well, you know, this isn't curly girl friendly. I can't use this because I may get buildup. But now because I'm shampooing, basically cleaning my scalp is easy. I can use anything because my scalp is always getting cleaned. I do not get buildup on my hair. So I really like it now. And I feel like I missed out on a lot of really good products because I was shocked. I'm like, wow, these products are really nice, you know, and my hair is responding well. It is actually less weighed down now. And that is something I always wanted was like volume in my hair. And like when I was doing a curly girl method, my curls were like, you know, they were defined, but they were like super weighed down. And that could be just from conditioning and not removing everything with the soap, the shampoo. And now it just works out with my lifestyle too. So I love to shampoo my hair now. Is there a shampoo that you reach for? Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah, so Way. Have you heard of that brand? Way. No, I haven't. Way is sold in Ulta Beauty and Sephora, and you can get it online. And I love their detox shampoo. And I also like their medium hair shampoo. So they have shampoos based on your hair type. So like in the beauty world, hair type isn't type, you know, A, B, C, D. It's actually fine, medium, 
coarse. Oh, okay. So I go for the medium because my hair is kind of in between, you know? Okay. And I like it a lot. It has like coconut oil, shea butters, and it's very moisturizing. And then their detox shampoo has apple cider vinegar in it. And it basically is a reset. And I like to use that once a week, usually on a Sunday, you know, to start fresh, the detox shampoo. So yeah, I love Way's products. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. So the hair typing system that we use in like the natural hair world, like the type mm-hmm. A, B, C, D, is there D? No. <laughs> yeah, it's ABC. I mean, I know people joke that have like yeah, 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 like that. But it's yeah. been so long since I've thought about that. I actually couldn't yeah. remember what the yeah. what the words were. But is that something that's actually talked about in the cosmetology world? Since you've actually gone to school and you've learned like the proper hair terms yeah. and that sort of thing, have they now started including the things that the natural mm-hmm. hair movement sort of birthed, or is it still? down to the basics in terms of like how fine or coarse your hair is? So when I was there in school, and this was like four years ago, they do talk about curly hair, but it's not like A, B, C. That is something I think Andre Walker, like Oprah Stell is created years ago. And it's the funny thing. I really don't like hair typing, that type of hair typing, because it's a lot of factors that goes into how your hair is going to perform based on the product. So it doesn't, you can be a type four and you can still have fine hair. You know, a lot of people assume like, oh, I'm type four, I have really thick, coarse hair. And it's really like, you know, it deals with a lot of things like the porosity and things like that. So in school, we learned about curly hair, straight hair, wavy hair. So they'll put in like literally basic terms just like that. Straight, wavy, curly. And then they'll say tightly coily or the really tight curls. But it wasn't like a hair typing system. We really focused more on the texture, like I said, the fine, normal, coarse hair. Because that makes a difference and a porosity. So if the hair is virgin hair, like, you know, you're going to use different products based on the factors and the hair and the porosity. That actually makes a lot of sense. And you just, when you said mm-hmm. one, two, three, you're right. There are numbers and then there's letters. Yeah. I've washed my mind from that whole system so much that I forgot yeah. that it's actually because I was type 4C yeah. in the hair world. But of course, that just caused a lot of division and a lot of division. unnecessary yeah. issues. Mm-hmm. that the people who had the coarser textures had to deal with. And watching girls like you who had the looser texture, I think it just created this sense of like, yes, but that's yes. so pretty and mine isn't pretty. And not having enough examples or just having expectations of mm-hmm. something different or something beautiful within something we created to be beautiful. Right. right? right. So, And all textures are beautiful. So. And that is something I wanted to, you know, convey on my channel, like when I used to do it. And I know a lot of people just with our culture will get caught up in how we grew up and with the hair thing. And like my daughter, her curls are a little tighter than mine. And I literally tell her every single day, like, oh my gosh, your hair is so beautiful. I love your hair. It's so pretty. <laughs> because like we're in an area um, where it's not a lot of black people. You know, I live in Colorado. Okay. And I know she may go to school and see her friends and they wear their hair down a certain way. And I'm always letting her know, like, oh, my gosh, your hair is so pretty. Your curls are pretty. Your braids are pretty. And she loves it. So I think it started really early, you know, with that. Yes. She knows that her hair is it, you know. And because you wear your hair out, it helps her to know oh, how beautiful oh it is. Gosh. And because if you were saying that to her, that her hair is so pretty, but you weren't wearing your hair out, she wouldn't believe you. Oh, yes. Everything is really intentional when I do my hair. 
So I haven't straightened my hair in years now and I do not have anything against it. Like if I do it, I did do a roller set maybe a couple years or so ago, but it was a roller set. It's not something I'll do a lot, but I want her to get used to the natural hair. Mm-hmm. And when I dropped my son off in school, he's in high school and I see the girls, you know, the little black girls, the biracial girls or whatever. And they're wearing their hair natural and I love it. That's so when I was in school, I didn't see that, you know. I didn't see it either. No, that's wonderful. I think we have definitely come a long way and I'm grateful that we now have products that we can use. We have influencers that we can look Mm -hmm. to. And I just think everyone, including stylists, are just more knowledgeable now about how to take care of our hair. No, they are. And it's getting better. Um, One thing, when I was in school, they didn't really have um, curly hair mannequins. But, you know, when I was there, I taught a lot of people a lot of things. And they, and you know what? People are really curious in hair school, like, you know, about textured hair because to them it's almost intimidating because, you know, they're not used to it. But right. I would have people literally standing around me and I'm like giving them many lessons on how they should use certain products. And, you know, when you detangle the hair, start at the ends, just brush it. And yeah, so... You're right, because it's all about learning. It it really doesn't even matter what race you are, because I'll see like barber shops and I've even been to like a natural hair salon where the stylist was Caucasian and she was working on someone with, you know, type 4C hair. And Mm -hmm. because she understood the hair, she understood how to work with it and worked on it for so many years. She did it just as well as someone who had it growing out of their head. Yes. And um, I even like my husband sometimes, I think his barber is Middle Eastern. And okay, I think, yeah. like, when you first go into the barbershop, you're like, I want the black barber, right? Because he don't yes. know how to cut, but his barber uh-huh. is so nice. He cuts his right. hair so well because he learned it. And once, I think, they get over the intimidation piece and mm-hmm. they are open to learning, it helps just allow it to be more yeah. of something that is not, like, intimidating or looked down on, but something that everyone can feel like they can help right. with. No, it's true. And it's funny you say that. I live in Colorado, and when we first moved to Colorado, my husband's barber was actually a white guy. And you oh. never know, you know, because he worked in a black barbershop. Like, he knew how to fade the hair. And then at one point, it was another one that was Puerto Rican. And I think now his current barber, we're in Denver now, so it's very diverse here to, like, the springs. And, of course, it's a black guy. But once you learn how to do it, you know, you got it. That's right. That's yeah. so cool. So you said right now you're in Colorado? Yeah, I'm Denver, Colorado. You're in yeah. Denver, Colorado. You've moved around quite a bit. You used to live in Los Angeles, right? Yeah, we were in California. So we were in the Central Coast, like around Santa Barbara. So we were, oh. it's a military base not far. Yeah, and they do a lot of launches and stuff. And my oh, husband, he's in space, so that's why we were there. Wow, yeah, Santa Barbara is beautiful. That's a it that's is. like a vacation spot, literally. Uh-huh. We used to go so to nice. the mall and stuff all the time, and the weather is like so nice. You know, it's not too hot and not too cold, just right. It's just right. And your mm-hmm. husband, you said, is in the military, so you're a military wife. Yes, yes, I am. How long have you two been married? It'll be 17 years in May. Wow, 17 years? Yeah. So yeah. you met in college, right? Yes, we did. How did you guys meet, like, in college? How did it happen? I met him, in fact, it was, like, my first day in school, and he was passing out flyers for a party that his fraternity was having, and it happened to be on my birthday weekend, and I remember he was just at the front desk, and I was waiting for some friends, because I used to hang out with a lot of people, you know, in groups, 
and stuff. And he was there and, you know, he introduced himself and I introduced myself and he was like, um, do you want to go to this party we're having? And I said, I'll make up, but I didn't show up. (laughs) (laughs) I ended up doing something else. And I remember he seen me coming out of the cafeteria with a friend and he remembered my name and he stopped me. So we started talking again, you know, small talk Mm -hmm. and we exchanged numbers and it kind of went from there. You know, we just really got to know each other first. That's so nice. So you've had so much time together where you've been in school and then spending time as a couple married and now you have two children. (laughs) What is it like being a military wife? I know that that's something that I feel like it's kind of its own world where Mm -hmm. people on the outside don't really understand what wives of those in the military have to go through because life is a little bit different, right? Is your husband home often or is he, is he gone a lot? How does that work? Well, he used to travel quite a bit when we were in Germany because he was in a different squadron and he did a different mission. So he had to go to Iraq, you know, and that was during the time when they had the actual wars and stuff going on. And he was like in a certain part of, I think it was like part of Russia, but he was definitely in Iraq for a while. And that was scary. So he transitioned into space and that's why we moved to Colorado. He doesn't travel much, but with space, like they have to do missions where they're kind of at work for hours, you know, like 12 hours sometimes. So, and I can't like do can't give you too many details it's about okay. it. It's okay. Yeah, it's a top secret job that he has. So he spent a lot of time there. And now he's a reservist. So he actually has a government contracted job. But he doesn't work on base. But he's with another company now. But he still does the military part-time. So every once a month, he has to go to the Air Force and do his duty and everything. So now with the space thing, we don't have to move much, but sometimes it does take a lot of time, you know, from him Mm -hmm. because you have to be there. And if something goes crazy, like, you know, we have the Ukraine thing and those guys are involved in a lot of those things, like watching what's going on and stuff. Wow. When he went to Iraq and he was fighting in the wars. Yeah. What did you do to keep yourself from stressing and worrying and having anxiety about what was happening to him while you were home? Well, I had Junior because he was a baby at the time. So I started working at the youth program. So I was around other women because we were on the base in Germany. And I just had a lot of friends I hung out with. And, you know, I'll do stuff on the weekends. Every day we would find time to talk to each other. And, you know, so it was nice to hear his voice. It was a scary time. I'm not going to lie. I don't know how I did it sometimes, but... I just kept myself busy because if you're just sitting down and you're just constantly thinking about things like that, it'll drive you crazy. So and watching the the news and all of that. Yeah, and praying a lot and you know, Mm -hmm. and he came home safe. So that's thank God for that. Was it something that you knew he was interested in while you were dating in college, or was it something that came later? Like, were you prepared to be someone who was the wife of someone in the military and and moving around? Oh, no, 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 not at all. So we got pregnant in college, you know, so we had to think fast. And we were planning on moving back home. Mm -hmm. But one day he was like gone for hours and I didn't know where he was. He came back and he was just like, I joined the military. (gasps) And yeah, and again, this is like during this higher Iraq time and I freaked out it was a mess it was awful but he's like no we gotta get you know we have to get on our feet 
And basically, he's like, I'm only going to do four years. I'm just doing it to get us back on our feet. So okay. we can have benefits, things like that. And then, you know, the four years turn into 17. So. <laughs> well, because he, he really enjoys care. it. He likes it. Right, right. Yeah. He initially wanted just to take care of his family. He was trying yeah. to step up, right? Which is very yeah. honorable. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Right. Wow. Yeah. So what year were you in college when you first got Um, married? 2005 and 2006. So it was a while. Was it your junior year? No, it was my freshman year. It was your freshman year? Yes, oh my and goodness. he was a junior. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. How did you manage, like, taking care of your workload and taking care of your baby? Was that something that was challenging to you? Because looking at you now, it seems from the outside, like, you just have everything together. You know, you're gorgeous. You're a great decorator. You. You're great with hair. You have a beautiful family. Thank you. It, it doesn't look like you take life to hard in a sense that like you can kind of like move past things in a very graceful way and you know in the beginning it was rough you know your first year in college and you get pregnant so now you got to grow up fast and I didn't get to really experience that college experience like a hundred percent because I had a mom and we moved with his parents they took care of us until he left to go to the military and I didn't go to school for a while. I started school again when we moved back to Germany and I did it online. And I remember I would like go to school, wake up at two o'clock in the morning and do my assignments because Junior would be up and wow. I breastfed him and he was attached to me like crazy. <laughs> he refused to take a bottle. So I had to, you know, manage things. And I struggled with that for a while, like not finishing school on time. It used to really bother me, but I used to just keep myself busy and say, it's going to work out. You'll be okay. And Javon was like, so encouraging, you know, Mm -hmm. he still is. And I really think like just having that tunnel vision and that focus really helped me a lot. That's beautiful. So did you have support in terms of like friends and family helping you? Because for someone listening to this, that's a young girl who is in college or maybe just finished high school and got pregnant and thinks that, you know what, I'm probably not going to be able to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that just encouraged you to continue, even though it was so challenging? Was there a motivator for you that just kept you going? My family, actually, just my kid, you know, I'm like, I was already upset with myself for not, you know, not doing what I'm supposed to do. He encouraged me to just, okay, let's start a foundation. Let's start our family early, you know, and Junior really helped just drive me. And then Javon, too, because he didn't have to join the military. He didn't have to do those things, but he did it because he wanted to, you know, make a way for his family. And I don't know, to me, that inspired me. And I, I don't know, you know, when I was younger, I just feel like everything's going to work out. And maybe that's because I was somewhat naive too at the time, but it worked, you know? Uh-huh. No, Sometimes you have a very optimistic, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You have a very optimistic attitude and, and that joy just shows up all over you. So that thank you for sharing that. That's Oh, that's you're so welcome. Beautiful. Yeah. And everything will work out. Just... It's okay just because you didn't finish anything. Just keep going. Yeah. You're right. I ended up finishing school. I have a master's degree now. And I got that in 2014. It was years ago. You know? So everything works out. And now it doesn't even matter anymore, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I think that's the bottom line. It's like you're where you wanted to be. And even through all those things, a lot of times things are not in a straight line like we expect them to be. 
No. Life and, is just so unexpected, you know? Right. And I did a lot on my own because we had to move. So Junior was born. We were at his parents' house. We stayed with his, his parents for a while. They were so kind, you know? And Junior was born in November. And then November 2006, Javon left. Like, literally, Junior was two weeks old, and he left to do basic military training. And then he came back in 2007. So we didn't spend Christmas together, any of that, with Junior the first year. And then we left in, I think, June of 2007 after he came back, and we moved to Germany. So I pretty much did everything on my own. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's that's a lot. I mean, from someone who just had a baby, like just hearing you, yeah. I'm just like, wow, that is so inspiring. That's so wonderful that you were able to do that. And you said you moved around a lot. So of all the places that you've been to, even just with traveling, like for hair conferences and that, mm-hmm. where would you say is your favorite place? If you can go back to somewhere and stay there for a while, where would you go? It would actually be here in Colorado. Oh, that's great. I love where Colorado. Yeah, so we left California to come back to Colorado. What do you um, like about Colorado? You know, I know a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, it's cold. It is cold. It's snow everywhere right now. But mm-hmm. the people are really nice here. Like the people are really nice. It's things to do. Like I like to go hiking and doing outdoorsy things. Mm-hmm. I just like how just the culture is out here. Like everyone's pretty laid back for the most part, especially in Denver. California is like that too, but it's just so expensive to live in California. Yeah, I think Colorado is a good medium. I love home. I'm originally from Georgia, but I just like it out here. I just, just laid back. Mm -hmm. It's peaceful. It's It's super peaceful. You know, it is. That's great. Now, you being a married couple, you and Javon seem to have a really nice friendship and Mm -hmm. you work. You work. You both enjoy one another's company. And from your vlogs, it seems like there are a lot of things you enjoy together. I know that you mentioned that you didn't get to spend your first junior's first Christmas with mm-hmm. him. And I know yeah. how much he loves Christmas from your vlogs and Christmas oh, is something he, that you yeah. <laughs> so celebrate he goes together. All out because they really didn't grow up doing that. And oh. you know, it seems like there's been times where they didn't do anything and he used to feel sad as a kid. So as an adult, he just want to do everything he didn't get to do as a child. You know, that's so nice that I was going to ask you that because you really enjoy Christmas, too, because you said that you start decorating on Thanksgiving and then he's like, no, I love Christmas and I love the red and the green and the traditional Christmas colors. And so I was wondering if you both had upbringing celebrated Christmas, but it sounds like you did, but he didn't. Well, he did celebrate, but you know, like with income and things like that, sometimes, you know, you tell me these little sad stories. It's like he didn't have the Christmas he really wanted, you know, maybe because his family couldn't afford certain things. So that's why he's so festive. That's the way he is because he feels that he's blessed and he's able to, you know, do those things. Mm -hmm. And his family, like his parents are great, you know, but, you know, he came from a young family as well. So, you know, his parents had to work and do a lot of things and, that's why he's so big on family because he just wanted that growing up. And then for me, my parents were divorced growing up. So I was spending Christmas with my mom and my dad. Hmm. So that was an interesting thing. Like, you know, go spend the morning with her and then go hmm. with my dad or they swap based on the year. So I was in between homes. Then eventually, like my mom, she'll just buy stuff and she didn't wrap it up, which is it's not anything wrong with that. But mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's beautiful. Now that you can both celebrate it in a way that is, you know, beautiful and kind of like what it's meant to be. Every generation is supposed to get better. 
Yeah, right? and, so that, and that's, that's exactly what's thing, happening. You know, like we want our children to be better than us, you know? That's right. Yeah. That's right. What kinds of things do you do as couples together that keep you having a really solid friendship? play games like he taught me how to play poker and I love it now so we play poker we play board games together we sit and watch documentaries like last night we were sitting downstairs just watching there's some show on HBO but we were just we get into it like we watch shows we like ready to love so we watch a lot of dating shows we have fun with those and we go hiking together we take dates do our date night thing because sometimes you just need a break from everything too because both of us work pretty hard Yes, so we, we do. We keep it simple. Like we're still dating, really. We'll cook together, make cocktails together. And we're in a house together all the time. So sometimes even just, you know, going out with our own friends and resetting and stuff like that. Because he's working from home now with his new job. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's been home since the pandemic. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> that's really nice that you're able to do so many things together and that you've grown up together in a way where you've seen your interests and things evolve and change. I think it had a lot to do with us just being away from everybody too. Mm -hmm. So it's only like the four of us. And it's because we're a military family, like all of our families back home in Georgia. So we don't have anyone still like with us. And we understand that like being a military family, that's a sacrifice you have to make. You know, if the military say we need you to go here, kind of got to do it. We would love to have our family around us at all times. But I've learned how to adjust with just doing everything on my own and just the two of us. So we're very independent when it comes to like just handling things and doing certain things and creating that atmosphere for the children so they still can feel like they're loved and they have things going on. Our parents do come visit quite a bit, which is nice. So, you know, everyone is still spending time with each other. So both grandparents, they'll come and visit and Mm -hmm. all of that. That's so good. Now you did videos on YouTube and you've kind of taken breaks here and there. Oh what yeah. What were some of the reasons that you've been taking these like long breaks from um, creating? You know, content? when Belle got sick, she has a medical condition, like a blood disorder. And that really just like did something to me. How old is she? She is seven. She's seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but when she was almost two, she got really sick and she was in an ICU, she was in a coma, all of that stuff. So yeah, that really did something mentally to me. And I was like, I need a break because I was just so caught up on social media. And honestly, it's like, I was younger then and now I've kind of outgrown it in a way. Like I enjoy it, don't get me wrong, I love it. But I'm just in a different mindset now. Like I just want to do it for fun again and not just, oh my gosh, got to do this, I got to do that. Mm-hmm. And I guess when she got sick, it made me realize like what really matters is like being spending time with your family, even off camera. You don't have to do everything online all the time. So yeah, I decided to take a break and I actually love it. It's like I, I don't mind taking my breaks now. <laughs> it's good that you do. I yeah. used to always come and like apologize. And I'm like, girl, you do not need to apologize to these Yeah, people. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> you know, and I went to a lot of therapy and stuff too. And a the therapist like, you don't have to do that, you know. Like, you know, sometimes we people please. And sometimes your followers online and make you feel like, oh, you should be doing this. But it's like, no, I have to take care of myself first before I can, you know, do anything else. And I know I felt like I used to just give, 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 give and and do so much. And like now I love that I can set boundaries and be like, okay, I'm taking a break. Maybe because I just want to be off camera this week. I don't want to create content. And I am so grateful I'm in that position to do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with Belle, I, 
you know, I have to still focus on her. Like she still goes to get infusions every three weeks. In fact, we have one tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to wake up at five o'clock in the morning, be at the hospital by seven, spend like three, four hours there so she can get her treatment, you know? Wow. Mm-hmm. Every wow. three weeks, they haven't stopped. So, yep, I have to do it tomorrow. You have a lot going on. So is this something that the doctors are saying that she's going to be able to overcome after these treatments are completed? Um, we don't really know right now because okay. what she has, it's like an ultra rare blood disorder and it's a genetic thing so it's not like oh something happened and it happens right her doctor is the top doctor in the world for this particular condition some people have like a strain that is just like a variant that's really bad and then some have one that's like mild he said build is kind of like in the middle and like right now it's been pretty much dormant you know what i mean like it hasn't been going on because it's an ultra rare disorder you know you kind of have to keep an eye on it so that's why every three weeks she get like full blood work mm-hmm. and she has a port and they draw the blood and everything um so we don't know yet but like he says everything looks good too like they're watching her with a close eye so thank goodness everything is going well but right now she's still getting the treatment well, well, that's, I'm so sorry that she's going through all of this and I'm yeah. grateful that, you know, she has a beautiful, loving, supportive family and yeah. God bless you with the top doctor Thank in the world you. for this. And, you know, no matter what, what's important is just knowing that Bal belongs to God. He's God's daughter. Mm-hmm. He loves yeah. Bal even more than you do, believe yeah. it or not. And yeah. he will use all of this for his glory. And it's, yeah. it's just so important because having a child who is ill and like you said in a coma like that is a place that no parent wants to ever experience yeah like that is ultimate yeah that was hard yeah like even sometimes still I get worked up you know talking about it it's hard for me to really talk about it imagine I can only imagine you need support and you you need constant you need constant fueling oh I know it's it's I'm sorry. No, you don't have to apologize. I mean, this is when you told me, like, it felt like a knife went through my chest. I mean, that's it's something that no one wants to ever have to experience. But God gave Belle you as a mom for a reason. You're her mom for a reason. And her father is her father for a reason. And all of this is going to be used to glorify God. At the end of the day, her life is purposed for greatness. And yeah, so, we might pray a lot and, you know, go to church and everything too, so. Oh, good. No, it's... Yeah, we do. She's doing great, you know, but it's still, like, hard. That's why I was, like, after that happened, I didn't want to do, like, it just took something out of me and I just didn't care that much about YouTube and social media. Even still, to a certain extent, it's just, like, not a top priority for me anymore. Why would it be? <laughs> Your daughter is yeah. the most important thing in the world. I mean, yeah, all of this okay. stuff, it doesn't matter if you're not able to be there for her and have your attention, your mind, your energy, like everything. She needs everything. Your whole family does. Like she still takes medications and stuff. Like people don't know that side of it. Like people Mm -hmm. think everything is so perfect. And it's like, no, it's not. It's, you know, I have to deal with this. This is my drama, the things I have to deal with, you know? So that's the thing about social media that I think makes it so painful sometimes is that we're given this platform and we're kind of like made to seem or made to feel like it's for sharing all of the beautiful parts of our life and yeah 
believe it or not, from the outside looking in, your family does literally look perfect. You know, yeah. like, you're gorgeous, gorgeous husband, gorgeous children, a boy Thank and a girl. You. Like, oh, you know, what more could you ask for? But behind every single family, not just yours, every family, there are a lot of things going on that people don't know about. And it's important for people to realize that everyone is human. We're all going yeah. through things. And mm -hmm. You can't be there for everyone. And right. hair questions, hair questions are going to be at the bottom of the list. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like I'm trying to be mean or anything, but I think like I was saying earlier, when she got sick, it made me realize that I have to focus on my family even more. So like, that's why we're always trying to be kind with each other and do things like for the most part, me and Tamar have a really good relationship. And, and that's mainly because we had to, you know, depend on each other. You know what I mean? Like we couldn't. It was just us. And that's why our relationship is, you know, the way it is, because we're still depending on each other. We don't have family to just go to for certain things. Mm -hmm. So we have to really work together. Like, yeah, we get we have arguments like your typical mm -hmm. husband and wife thing, but it's nothing. We've never dealt with anything serious, you know, outside of, you know, arguing over why <laughs> this is blue and that's red. You know, it's like right. things that you probably shouldn't even spat about, but it happens. Right. You know. You know, with Bell, it just took a lot out of us. But like you said, it putting life in perspective makes you more intentional about how you relate to people. Because sadly, on the other side of that, so many people take their husbands for granted, take their children for granted. Yeah. They take every day for granted. They don't even kiss their child goodbye before they go to school or give their husband a hug, if even yeah. if they got annoyed about something and then something happens and things are never the same and they wished yeah. they would have cherished those moments. You're doing it the right way. Stuff in this house, so we do a lot of that. I can tell. I can tell. And your son is in high school, right? Yeah, he's in the tenth grade. In the tenth grade, so you have a teenager and you have a little girl. Being a mom of a teenager, from what you're seeing with your son, I remember watching a vlog a while ago, and your son was like very sensitive, a sensitive heart. Yeah. Is he yeah. still that way as a teenager, or has he kind of has he changed a little bit? Um, to a certain extent, he's okay. very compassionate. With very compassionate. People. You know, he mm -hmm. doesn't like to see people get bullied or things like that. But you're talking about the vlog when he's a little kid. He's about seven or something. Yes. Yeah, they're really sweet. He likes stuff like that. But now that he's a teenager, it's a little different. Mm -hmm. Are there any issues that you're seeing, not with your son particularly, but just as a mother of a teen? Is there anything that you um, didn't realize that, look, okay, I need to maybe focus a little bit on this or talk to him about that. Is there anything that has come up for you? Video games, you know. Video games. He loves to play video games on the computer. Uh-huh. Gaming thing. But he keeps his grades up. I think with Junior, he thinks, well, I made straight A's, so it's okay. You know, oh. and all day with a video game. I'll come downstairs <laughs> for dinner. Like, that's what he likes to do. He's on the track team. So, and that's another thing, too. Like, the kids are in activities outside of school. So it just takes a lot to just constantly be online because we're involved with a lot of that. Mm -hmm. But he's on a track team. I know when he started, he's like, oh, I'm not fast enough, but he's getting better. Mm -hmm. And you know how boys tease each other. And, you know, oh. Javon had to explain to him, like, you know, this is how boys are. But now he gets it. It he's sucks like, that boys are like that, though. Like, even though it is how boys are, it still kind of sucks because it's yeah. like there's still people. And unfortunately, boys take on a lot of that teasing and all of the aggression from childhood. And it stays with them as adults. And they have these, like, insecurities. 
that come out in these weird ways. You know, Gen Z is just a little different. I know. (laughs) Social media. He just got like a TikTok. He doesn't even have an Instagram right now. Okay. It's like I do social media, but like me and Javon are like so against children just being on social media all the time because it's tough for adults. So imagine how it is like as a child and their brains are still trying to develop. He doesn't mind it. You know, he has just other things to get into. Good. No, he has a, a tight family unit. So that truly does help. Is there anything that in terms of like your family structure, are you able to get support from other wives that are in the military? Like, do you have a support system? I know you don't have family that's coming to help, but are there people that you're able to connect with? Oh, yeah, yeah. I have friends and I have sorority sisters. I actually have one that lives in the neighborhood. Okay. And, you know, so I have my little tribe of friends and people I hang out with and other moms. So I do, you know, we have like brunch and things like that and spend time with each other. So, yes, I do have that. You know, I can talk to my parents too, like FaceTime a lot as well. Mm-hmm. But every time you move, you've had to like make new friends wherever you lived. Yeah. And how do you do that? You know, it's crazy because... Most of the time, it's like military family members. Uh-huh. And because all of us are in the same boat, everyone kind of just bond immediately mm. because all of us know that we're away from family and things like that. So it's been times where we'll have Thanksgiving with everybody, you know, other military families because everyone's one big family. It was really like that in Germany. Like you're in another country. Mm-hmm. So everybody had parties all the time. <laughs> Spend a lot of time with each other. It happens very fast. And we help each other out and things like that, too. Yeah. That's wonderful. And being in a sorority, you probably do have a lot of connections in, in that sense. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, that's that's, that's good. the beauty of that, too. Same with Javon. He's in a fraternity. So immediately have people you just know, you know, because they're going to welcome you and everything. Make you feel like, you know, family. That's wonderful. Speaking of family, you're creating more vlogs on your channel now I've noticed more yeah. family vlogs is that the the direction that you want your channel to go in moving forward yeah so moving forward I do want my channel to be more of a lifestyle channel versus just primarily hair and like now like I haven't been posted in the past few weeks and that's only because like I'm working on projects mm-hmm. and we're working on content behind the scenes so we just start putting it out that's what <laughs> we've been doing right now but I don't want it to be like 100% hair. I want it to be beauty, lifestyle, family now. Because I basically ventured more into the lifestyle space instead of natural hair. And I'm actually happy about that. Like, you know, it's a nice transition. It is. I talk about hair content, but not like it used to be. You have a lot of different gifts. And I think that a channel like that will be able to showcase the different Thank things. You. I would love for you to do videos on like home decor and just like styling. Cause I think you do a great job. Like your videos are always very aesthetically pleasing and Thank it just you. makes it really nice to watch. You're welcome. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I like stuff like that. I don't know. It makes me happy. I can't help it. I'll geek out and just read books and do research and I don't know. I can't help it. It's fine. We're not all gifted in that way. Is there anything yeah. else that you feel like you do for self-care that really helps rejuvenate you as a person? Yeah, you know, I grew up and I wasn't taught really to do self-care all the time. Like I would see my mom do certain things, but you know, as women, I do think sometimes it's helpful if your parent, someone guide you. So you kind of had to learn. I, I learned a lot of things on my own. So I had this habit of neglecting my needs, basically. I'll just do this, do that. And then I'm just taking time for myself sometimes to just take a nice bath or you know, go get your nails done or, you know, do things like that, like fill your cup. 
and my husband used to say all the time, like, you need to take your medicine. It's not necessarily like physical medicine, but it's like, you need to take care of yourself. Like he'll go take off running and, you know, go run five miles or something. And I started doing that. So now I work out. I do like a lot of Pilates and things like that and yoga, just meditating. So I'll just listen to sound baths. Mm -hmm. I love doing that. I paint like just for me. It's not to like sell it or show it because I feel like on social media, you give a lot. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just need some things to yourself. So I have canvases in this room and I'll sit and just paint. Wow. It makes me feel good. So I do that a lot. That is beautiful. I love that idea of like taking your medicine and the fact that your husband is so supportive in that way to remind you and not be adding things to your plate, but trying to take some things off. I used to feel guilty because like when I grew up, even as a child, you know, weekends, my mom would come like, oh, time to wash, clean up, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) You know, you'll feel bad for just taking some time off for yourself because you're like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. And I had to basically break that mentality and realize like, no, you don't have to constantly work, 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 you know, you don't have to be strong all the time. It's okay. You're absolutely right. A lot of households, it is that way. When your parents come home, it's like, you better be found doing something. If you're just doing nothing, it's like, okay, what are are you doing? (laughs) You know, and that mentality does stay with us. And we feel like we have to always be doing something. And if we're not doing anything, then we're wasting time instead of relaxing. Like overloaded because I'm a high sensitive person. Mm -hmm. And so I get overstimulated very fast. So believe it or not, I don't spend a lot of time on social media. Mm -hmm. I'll get on it, check my messages. If I post, I post and go now. I used to just sit and stay on it and look, but I don't do that anymore because it's really not good for my mental health because I just feel mentally drained when you just overconsume that. And that's just for me. Like mm-hmm. I know people can get on it and then go do something else. But for me, it's a lot of stimulation. And I've learned that when, you know, after Bell got sick, I went to therapy and stuff and we opened a lot of layers and realized a lot of things, you mm-hmm. know? So now I don't post and I used to feel bad for not getting on it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not on it. I didn't like this person post. They're going to get upset, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, no, they're not. <laughs> it's okay. It's like, you got to take care of yourself, girl. Girl, even if they do get upset, it's okay. Right, right. I know. And then again, it's like that people pleasing thing. Mm-hmm. So I've learned to just, no, take care of yourself. And I'm always happier when, you know. I'm not even on it because it's not that much going on anyway. And I'm not trying to dog social media because I do it for a living. Now I like the little things, just like reading a book, taking a walk, because life is real, like real life, you know, Mm -hmm. outside of that device that you're looking into nonstop. It's a lot of things going on. You can miss out on a lot of things, too, because children grow up so fast. Like my son is graduating in two years and he's going to college. No, you're right. I feel so sad a lot of times for this generation because their parents are constantly on their phone and their children are playing around them or their children are doing things and they're missing out on all of those moments, on conversations, on memories they'll never get back because of a scroll, a constant nonstop scroll and it's damaging. So you're doing things the right way and that is important. Yeah, this is I'm, I'm, you know, changing things up and I love it. So I love like what I'm starting to grow into and what I'm becoming and it feels really good. We love to see it. Is there anything that you really want to be known for in terms of who you are as a person, in terms of like your mark on the world? Is there anything that you want the world to know Jessica for? I want to teach people to just love themselves, especially like women in their hair, you know, and, you know, embracing everything. I say that a lot, but 
I think that is so important to do that. I just want people to know that it's okay to, you know, be the best person you can possibly be. I just want women to feel good about themselves. And it's okay to be, you know, good moms and good wives and things like that. That's important. It's needed and it's necessary. So thank you so much for being such a light. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome. We're looking forward to seeing a lot more of you and your family whenever you decide to show up. (laughs) Thank you so much. You're welcome, my dear. And thank you all for watching. Bye.